Hi, Alyssa. Hi, Clark. And welcome to Words Truck, where we take a fresh look at great books. Uh, this week, we are going to continue what we did in the last episode, where we are just answering questions out of this handy-dandy wicker basket. Shaky, shaky, shaky. Cue the sound effect. We canned that from last week, by the way. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was definitely mm-hmm. not live. Didn't happen. Nope, nope. There is no uh, real wicker basket there, which is not good. <laughs> We're very convincing. Uh, we don't have any listener mail to follow up this week. But um, if you want to send us email about these episodes where we're just going to essentially draw questions about books, you know, you'll, you'll see. But um, if you have any feedback about that or if you have questions or your own books to answer the question, where, where can they find us? Uh, you can email us at wordstruckpodcast at gmail.com mm-hmm. or on Twitter at wordstruckpod or uh, our individual Twitters, which I'm at Alyssa Small. And I'm at Clark Hodges. So, yeah, please, if all these these questions that we're answering, definitely answer it, too. We, we'd love to hear it. Um, every time you guys tweet us, it makes us so, so happy. So keep doing that. Um, thanks, again, thanks again to Brenna from the last episode for that nice email. Um, and especially as we're gearing into uh, season two of Wordstruck, where we're going to be talking about um, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Way to remember it. Woo, nailed it. <laughs> I was like, oh, is he going to get it? No, nope, I Is it going to be the Chamber of Fire Dragons or something? <laughs> Eventually. It'll become that, I'm sure. And the Lightning of Hedwig. The Lightning of Hedwig. <laughs> that's, should, that's probably like book six or something. <laughs> anyway. I want you to come up with fake Harry Potter titles. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, we can dedicate an entire episode to it. <laughs> but as we ramp up to that, um, we'd love to hear your feedback, too, on just like, what, what do you want to hear from the podcast? What do you want us to talk about in the Chamber of Secrets? Uh, please, please don't spoil it for me. Um, I don't know any of the spoilers for this book. Maybe I do. I don't know. Alyssa never tells me these things. So, I'm trying to play like, all the different faces to totally throw them yeah, off Yeah, right I now. can't tell. She's just like <laughs> squinting and moving her mouth a little bit. She's kind of bobbing her head. Uh, so anyway, feel free to get hyped uh, with us for a season two. It's going to be awesome. Um, do you want to get started with some book questions? Yeah, I want to start. You got to shake the basket, remember? Shake away. All right. Okay. Ooh, this one's going to be a little tough, I think. Okay. Maybe not for you. Uh, we have books that shaped your career. Oh, I definitely have that. Okay. Good. Because you're the first one to go. So <laughs> I'm the first one. What? I just spent all that time talking. <laughs> so books that shaped my career. Um, I would start off probably the most monumental book that shaped my career would be, um, it's called Switch. It's by Chip and Dan Heath. It's two brothers. Uh, so I actually, I was introduced to this book from like a leadership conference. Um, and they actually like the brothers went up and they, they talked. I think it was like satellite feed in. They weren't there in the building, but they talked. And then everybody was handed out like a pre-release version of the book. It was like before it was out in stores or anything like that. So the cover was all like just kind of their name and the title of the book. And there were still like some errors in it and stuff like that. So I got I got in on it real quick, real. So I can be a little hipster about that. (laughs) (laughs) You knew about it before it was cool. I did. I did. Uh, But it it came at a time in my life when I was very much in. I mean, not that I'm that much different now, but I was very much like, I don't know what I want to do. I don't I just have all the stupid mental hurdles. If I could just get over those then maybe I could, you know, then maybe I could just do what I love or whatever. And I just kind of had this weird, um, I had a lot of goals, but I had no tangible way to actually like um, 
reach them or uh, even like really put them into words. Uh, so what Switch did is it introduced me to the metaphor um, when you're trying to either make a decision or change a part of yourself, it, it introduces you to like what it takes to actually make a change within yourself. And it introduced the analogy of a person riding an elephant down a path. And the in this analogy, okay, bear okay. with me. So the path <laughs> leads to your goal, right? I'm riding an elephant, got it. Yeah, you're riding an elephant. So th- this goal could be your next job or this next mental hurdle, whether it's anxiety or depression or whatever, um, or just whatever it is. So you have this end goal. And so the rider on the elephant, that is what's called your active conscious. So what a rider does is it's, um, you know, a person sitting on an elephant – they, they know the map. They have a lot of information, a lot of data. They're very analytical. They're very um, numbers and information-based because, you know, they're the person. They're trying to get down the road and steer this elephant thing. So it's like that's that's kind of like your active conscious, I guess, is one way to put it. But it's also like maybe, I don't know, the right side of your brain, if you want to call it that, where it's like um, it kind of thinks in a very, very um, – static way where it's very facts based and then you have the elephant which is your subconscious and and that's more like emotionally based it's a little bit slower to turn it's slower to everything and it gets spooked easily where it's like you know you can you can know in your head that you're on this roller coaster and you're you're not going to fall off the tracks of the roller coaster it's a roller coaster it's it's safe you know it's been tested thousands of times it's safe but this part of you, this very big part of you is screaming, get me out of here, get me out of here, I'm going to die, get me out of here. Um, and and that part of you, that, that emotional part that makes decisions based on just kind of loose perceptions of what's going on around it, and, and it's easy to scare, but it also, when it makes up its mind, it's very stubborn. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Um, you can have this analytical person sitting on top of this elephant, and it does not matter where that analytical side of you wants to go. <laughs> If the elephant wants to go somewhere else, it, it it can ignore all input from the analytical side of your brain and it can go its own way, um, regardless of what the writer says or does. And then there's the path, which is kind of like the path is pretty much how you are um, laying out your goals and how you're presenting it, where it's like if, if, if a rider and an elephant are going down a path and the path is very curvy and it's very confusing and dark and there's all this stuff going on, It's you're going to have a hard time going down it, right? So what you want is like a clear path that is less likely to scare the elephant and is less likely to frustrate the rider, you know, trying to navigate it. So it talked about tools on how to um, break big goals down into small pieces that are easily digestible, that aren't going to scare you away because you're like, oh, I can't do that. That's too big of a goal. It's like, no, 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 no. All the goal is is like... A, it's a series of small steps, you know? So it's like your analytical side can chew on those small steps, but the elephant doesn't get scared and run away and run off the path or whatever. So what that did, <laughs> making sure that I stick to the original prompt here, um, Books That Shaped My Career, that book essentially gave me the tools that I needed to start um, pursuing things like graphic design and web design and learning code and stuff like that where it's like I knew that I wanted to get more involved with creating stuff on the computer but I just had made it to where it's like I had this expectation that I was just supposed to be an expert overnight 
and I was just supposed to learn HTML and CSS and JavaScript and everything. And I was just, you know, because all the people I looked up to, they knew it. And, and they had just a good grasp on it. So I'm like, ah, crap, I need to get to where I just know everything. And I was super intimidated by it. But um, that book essentially showed me, it's like, no, no, no. You, you are letting yourself run wild and you are letting your thoughts run wild. And here are some tools to kind of cinch it all together and, and just do it and get it done. I went on, I got an internship with a magazine and I used a lot of those skills. And then I got an internship with a web design company and then they ended up hiring me so it's like all of all of these little lessons ended up to like some really good jobs and some really good people that i then used to you know get enough confidence to move to new york and yeah all that so wow very triggering like activating book yeah yeah and it was nice because it was just i i was overthinking things just overthinking 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 making it way too complicated and that book just like just just pushed everything aside and it's like nope 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 find a very small thing and do it just a very small thing and do it congrats great figure out the next little small thing so how about you (laughs) (laughs) um i think i've got i don't i don't have anything near as complex as that um but i do have i read quiet by Mm. susan cain the power of yeah, quiet. The power of introverts in a world that can't stop talking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I am an introvert. Um, and I had just... I, th- I think I bought that book when I was still in my last job in South Dakota. Hmm. Um, and so I was in a very quiet newsroom full of introverts when I was there. And uh, that's so much different than your current job. So different from where I am now. <laughs> I am surrounded by hmm. like such loud people, and there are a lot of people who are introverts who are really frustrated by the open office workspace yeah. that we're in. But I was I, like, it was part of what attracted me to where I am now, um, and but also part of what made that transition really hard was realizing, oh, I'm surrounded by people who. Uh, at times want a lot more from me than I have to give. And Mm. then I started reading this book that was quiet and it's, is interesting. It's very dense. It was a very hard book for me to read because Mm. I hadn't really read anything so research-based in its entirety before. Um, And it's like just all the different ways that you could divine introversion. And Mm. so it's, there are some chapters that are in direct conflict with other chapters. And so that was interesting too, that it was like the whole book doesn't really, um, it doesn't really make one argument necessarily, Hmm. except for the one argument that introverts are important too. And Hmm. and like we, we have the society that tells us introversion is bad and it's not. And so like that's, but it doesn't try to put a finer point on it. No, not really. It, it it kind of goes at it from all these different angles that they don't all meet in the middle necessarily. That's research for you. <laughs> yeah. And and I hadn't really read anything like that before. But um what what it did for my career was it it sort of answered a question that I didn't realize I was asking myself hmm. in my new job, surrounded by all these loud people and people and the, it was sort of a problem that I had struggled with uh, for years and that was how does quiet Alyssa over in the corner make any impact Hmm. in that room 
when everyone else is just tugging at 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 the lights and just just look at me just chewing all the scenery yeah, yeah. and and i'm i don't really want to be in the limelight necessarily um it's it's uh this introversion sort of led me to being an editor rather than a reporter i don't like having my name on things i don't mm. like the attention that that gets because it also opens me up to a lot of criticism that i i don't love dealing with yeah, <laughs> um yeah. and i'd much rather support someone else who is uh and i and i also much more fiercely defend someone else who is taking fire rather than i get a little meek when someone attacks me directly so hmm. um anyway i i was in the middle of this open office space and trying to figure out why it was so frustrating and hard for me to work in. And there's a whole part of that book that talks about open office spaces and how they can be counterproductive because uh, a lot of the time creative people are introverts and introverts do not feel open to creating in public Hmm. because creativity is such a vulnerable thing. Yeah. yeah. Sitting down and taking risks and and you need to be okay with making mistakes when you're taking those risks and you need to, and editing is then knowing which, which things to take out. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sitting there designing on my computer, doing all these things and people would walk by and look at my screen and sometimes comment on things. Oh. And there'd be people who would say like, Oh, that doesn't look that great. Or <laughs> there are people would, who would say, Oh man, that looks really awesome. And I'd be sitting here thinking, I don't think it's good enough. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, and yeah. and but people are already weighing in on on a, an incomplete product. Yeah. And I was just so struggling with that. And then I read Quiet, and it didn't necessarily um, change how I operated, but it did put a name on the on the situation that I was in. And it was that like I need to sometimes pull away and find a way to be in a different place to brainstorm by myself in Mm. order to be comfortable and it it helped me learn to respect that my time and my silence and my quiet areas are valid and Mm. and yeah in a very loud room and a very loud profession and that's always trying to get more attention that's a hard thing to come to terms with. And I think I'm a much more confident uh, introvert in my corner Hmm. than I was before I read that book. And I'm, I think a better editor because of it too, because I also understand now my job is very interpersonal all day long. Hmm. It's me talking to reporters and you'd think editing, you'd spend a lot of time reading and you really don't. You, You spend a lot of time helping reporters be okay with what they wrote and helping reporters Texting, calling patting yes. people on the back yeah, yeah. it's yeah. it's it's handholding and cheerleading and and grabbing by the ear and throwing out the door and mm-hmm. like all mm-hmm. all manner of managing people and i'm in a lot of ways better with the words because i am charged by that and I'm drained by all the things that I actually have to do now. And so now that I know that, and it's because I read this book that I know that, I, when I'm getting a little irritable, I'm like, oh, I need a break. Yeah, <laughs> I need a break yeah. right now. I need to go take a walk and no one can come with me. I need to go recharge. And I'm better at my job that way, I think. So hmm. because I read Quiet. That's great. All right, next question. I'm shaking okay. the basket. I'm going to draw, and you're going to answer first this time. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Please be a good one. Please be a good one. They're all only good ones. <laughs> I guess we did load the basket. <laughs> oh, boy. This might be a, this might be a long one. Uh, books that shaped your interests. Mm. 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 That's a good one. I've got a good one. Okay. I, I'm, I can't really say much to fantastic follow through on this interest, but it's it's definitely there. And it's um, Crime and Punishment. Okay. Uh, Fyodor Dostoevsky. Um, and I was wondering when he was going to come in on one of these episodes. <laughs> it's our first Dostoevsky. It's, I mean, to be perfectly honest, it's the only Dostoevsky I've ever finished. Okay, okay. Even though Crime and Punishment is one of my favorite books of all time. Mm. Um, I, yeah, I, he's a little dense. And have, I've, the only book I've really made any progress in other than Crime and Punishment was Notes from Underground. But, hmm. um, so I read Crime and Punishment my senior year of high school. And it was the very first Russian anything that I had really consumed that hmm. was uh, so the the Bolshevik Russian. Um, and okay, I'll trust you there. So I read this, and, and the only other thing sort of from that sort of period of Russia that I'd ever experienced was the Nutcracker Ballet. Hmm. And so I, re- I read Crime and Punishment, and it's it's sort of like a, a really long telltale heart like that's that's sort of the plot of it is a a guy kills someone and he's done it perfectly there's no way they're going to catch him but he drives himself crazy and ends up confessing anyway because he's so racked with guilt and crazy um and but the world that it's in i mean it's it's a it's a dirty russia it's not great he's like lower class and Hmm. doesn't have a lot of money and lives in squalor and it's it's but it was such a fascinating look at a different way of living of of the russian how russian families are they're very much i mean it's it's not just russia it's a lot of european countries too are they're very close they're very connected they're very they all live together it's so different from what high school Alyssa understood of when you grow up what your life is like and what sibling relationships are like and what if a sibling gets married what that bearing has on you it it, i i was very much a silo in high school i thought and then i experienced this very almost invasive family culture in in russian literature and Hmm. so i read that and and it just sort of sparked this interest in i want to go to petersburg Hmm. i want to go to petersburg and see it and it and then I went to college and it just kind of grew and grew and grew. And I haven't, haven't made good on this interest at all, but I, uh, I took a Russian film class in college that I never would have taken if mm. I hadn't read and loved crime and punishment. I have a friend who minored in Russian and I like, I'm just tickled by the fact that I know someone who knows Russian and who like <laughs> writes things in Cyrillic to me sometimes. And I'm like, I have no idea what that says, but like, <laughs> I'm just like, I mean, it, it's probably an unfair love of, of Russian culture because it's so uninformed in a lot of ways. Mm. But, but I loved that film class. I felt like it was such a fascinating look at the culture from so many perspectives uh, of, of, and, film is such a um it's a byproduct of culture and such and it's a fascinating way to study a culture and so like 
I took that course. I would love to, uh, I've made the goal in my life to uh, see the Moscow Ballet in Moscow. Oh, cool. um, The Bolshoi Ballet. Um, And I mean, I just, any film adaptation of any Russian book, I am all over it. And it's just a whole different world opened up to me. And it's this weird intrigue with russia that i have so (laughs) all right i did not know any of that about you really yeah i mean i knew that you liked you know dotrayevsky and stuff but i didn't know that you actually had like a fascination with russian culture yeah i when i had to take another lit course and i i think i i was just gutted when i was in london or i was in edinburgh and at that time the capstone class at my university was a, a, I think it was a Russian literature course. It was either oh. Russian literature or devoted to Dostoevsky. Either way, I was like, are you kidding me? The one <laughs> semester I'm not going to be there and you're studying the author who I've been telling everyone is my favorite author? Like, yeah, really? Yeah. As really? a capstone, too, yeah. <sighs> so too I was bad. so disappointed that I missed that. But then I, I got to take the Russian film course and very different worlds, obviously. Yeah, but. Yeah. Like, worked out though it was from a a fellow who like his life is russian he lived in russia for like eight years total and so mm. he had all these interesting stories too so just a weird sort of pockets of interests in russian culture that i would love to expand upon in my life i did not know yeah well thank you uh let's see books that shaped your interests um i want to go with calvin and hobbes volume one <laughs> Uh, the classic Calvin and Hobbes compilation with the white cover with Calvin and Hobbes like walking across a log. Uh, I know it's not a novel, but it's a collection of... I almost went with the comic book. (laughs) Well, but like, okay, so my interests, um, I don't know how to put this, uh, bumbling and daydreaming. So it's like, I, I, I like wandering around just just aimlessly wandering like when i was living in new york city i would just like like if i had a day off i would just get on the subway get off on a random stop maybe sometimes i'd transition to a different subway or something i'd go into a neighborhood i hadn't been in before and i'd just kind of like get out of the stop and i'd be like hmm all right knows which way do you want to go and i would just kind of like sniff around for a bakery and, and and walk around and i would find whatever coffee shop or bakery or whatever and i'd get some food and i'd just walk around and i would do that for you know couple hours and head home and calvin and Hobbes like encapsulates that so well just this um just this spirit of adventure and curiosity and and actually letting your dreams ride out to the nth degree and really entertaining those fantasies um in my mind it kind of validated it quite a bit where it's like i i used to kind of feel bad about um and I, sometimes I do still feel bad if I'm like on a walk with friends, I'll just get like completely distracted by like a butterfly or something. And I'll just be like, guys, you, I know you're telling me something really important, but like, look at this butterfly. And like, I, I used to feel kind of really bad about that. But as I was reading Calvin and Hobbes, I'm like, well, I know that Calvin is meant to be kind of a caricature and he's meant to encapsulate kind of our inner children and, and kind of, um, the inner troublemakers that maybe we're all suppressing. It's like some, it's a political statement, but he's also his own person. But like, I look at that and I feel just so incredibly validated where it's like, no, like 
the world needs a little bit of crazy and a little bit of weird and a little bit of distracted really easily look at the butterfly <laughs> and and i'm not saying like it's it's not like that whole add like oh look a squirrel thing it's not like that it's more just like my my curiosity sometimes just like gets the better of me and um i guess calvin hobbs just kind of made me feel like maybe that's okay and maybe that'll get you in some trouble and you'll get yelled at by some teachers and your grades might not be that good and your parents just really don't understand what you're talking about sometimes but it's not a bad life and and for me like those trips always validated to where it's like okay these forces of of distraction and whimsy can be really negative and they can really negatively affect interactions with the people around you but if you actually learn to like harness those and and see them for what they are you can really use them as some pretty neat tools to create some cool things and to create some cool experiences and um just kind of learning how to do that was a big part of growing up where it's like, okay, how can I take these things about myself and actually use it for something good instead of just something that entertains my own fancies? Um, so I guess those are, I, I guess those are my interests hmm. and, and how those books shaped it. <laughs> withered a little at the end. There. I did. I did. <laughs> I did. But um, yeah. So just I like it. Comics. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's probably enough for this episode, right? Yeah, I think so too. Well, I guess th- it's two to an episode we'll be doing with this then. <laughs> Looks like. Wow. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, do you want to remind them one more time where they can find us? <laughs> yes. Uh, you can email us at wordstruckpodcast at gmail.com. Tweet at, tweet at us at wordstruckpod or at me. Mm-hmm. at Alyssa Small or at Clark at Clark Hodges. Thanks, Alyssa. Thanks, Clark. Bye. Bye. <laughs>